Hey everyone, what you're about to listen to is a preview of a bonus episode that is available on our Patreon. If you like this clip, you can grab the whole episode, as well as years of other bonus content, at www.patreon.com slash lionsledbydonkeys. And even then, when World War II finally did start for the United States in 1941, most officers refused to accept black combat units as reinforcements, because, as many people would know if you would like look up the dates here, is... There was already uh, like segregated black infantry units when the war started, and especially once you know the draft really ramped up and and the U.S. really started preparing for what would become the you know, the Pacific theater and the European theater and the North African theater, all these things. None of them are used for years, um, and because people refuse to accept them as reinforcements, infantry units be relegated to menial tasks for the most part until years after the war started for the United States. And also being posted to these units as a white officer was considered a career killer, and most of them would try to do anything they could to get out of it. Which brings us to General Leslie McNair, chief of the U.S. Army Ground Forces, and an era where men were still named Leslie. He fought in World War I, working closely with the French, and he saw black American troops fighting side by side with the French and was like, yeah, why don't we do this? Um, I'm not going to try to frame him as some legendary anti-racist or something. He was simply practical. Staring down the barrel of another war, he pointed out there's absolutely zero reason why black soldiers could not be trained to do any combat job to include specifically tanks while still operating within the army's segregation rules and being in their own units. After all, it's not like you need to be some super brain genius to use a fucking Sherman tank. Now, if someone could be trained to use a rifle, he argued, they could be trained to use a tank, which in my personal experience is true. So he argued, even if you believe in this eugenics bullshit, there is no reason that black soldiers cannot be trained and used in combat, just like every other white guy in the United States or any other race that wasn't segregated. And he actually won out. And the training of the first group of African-American tank crewmen began in March of 1941, when 98 black men were sent to Fort Knox, Kentucky, same place I trained, where they trained on the M5 Stewart light tank. Now, most people kind of look back at this tank as being small and shitty, but it was a light tank. That's, that's, a, that's as much in-depth tank shit as I'm going to get in here. I'm trying to control myself. Now, these very early tank crews would be folded into the 5th Tank Group commanded by Leroy Nichols and would be made entirely of black soldiers and white officers because this is about as progressive as the army would get during World War II. Though there were black officers as well, they were never able to be promoted to a staff command position. Technically, officers' candidate school was race neutral, as was their entry requirements. But realistically, that was hardly ever the case. Most black men found their applications endlessly delayed while OCS hoped that they would drop the issue and move on with their enlisted careers, while occasionally accepting very, very few of them so they could say, we're accepting black people to OCS. Now, on March 15th, 1942, the War Department officially ordered the activation of the 761st Tank Battalion to round out the 5th Tank Group in Louisiana, and then they'd be transferred over to Camp Hood. Uh, Now, obviously, Camp Hood, which would then be known as Fort Hood, and now I believe Fort Cavazos um, is in Texas, uh, and they would be training on the Sherman tank. The tank battalion's insignia was a roaring Black Panther's head with the words, come out fighting underneath, hence earning their nickname, the Black Panthers. It was there in Camp Hood that we get the story of easily the most famous member of the Black Panthers, a young Black lieutenant named Jack Roosevelt Robinson, who you might know as Jackie Robinson. Wait, 
Jackie Robinson, the baseball player. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I, I, yep. I knew it's really funny because we, we had to read this book about Jackie Robinson when I was a kid in, in like sixth grade. Um, but I don't think we ever talked about his military service. Well, his military, his military service was derailed somewhat. Um, now, even the story of how the first black player to play in the Major League Baseball League uh, became an officer in the first place is something for the history books. He had already enlisted in the U.S. Army and he was serving in a cavalry unit. And he met all of the prerequisites to enter officer's candidate school. So he submitted an application, which is then promptly shoved into a filing cabinet somewhere, probably never to be seen again. Enter famed boxer Joe fucking Lewis. Um, now, Joe Lewis had also enlisted in the Army when World War II broke out, and he was stationed alongside Jackie Robinson in Kansas. Now, when Joe Lewis enlisted in the Army, he was already a champion boxer, a household name, and a national figure and celebrity within the United States. Even though America was as racist as it was, they were, looking, they were willing to overlook it because he punched people in the face real fucking good. So he, uh, when he heard that Jackie Robinson's OCS application was you know, disappeared, he started yelling. One of the people he got in contact with was the assistant to the war secretary, Truman Gibson. And Truman Gibson was a black man and was a member of the so-called informal black cabinet within the government. So when the assistant to the war secretary heard about this, Robinson was immediately commissioned an officer and sent to Camp Hood as a member of the Black Panthers. However, while the Black Panthers and even their white officers quickly became a tight-knit unit as Surprise, surprise, racism really cannot last very long as a command institution within the tight confines of a tank. The soldiers of the unit still had to deal with the outside world, which was deeply, deeply fucked up. So one day, Jackie Robinson boarded a chartered army bus, which by regulations on base was unsegregated. The bus drivers demanded Robinson go to the back of the bus anyway because he was black, and Robinson refused, noting, I'm a fucking officer, and this is against regulations. The bus driver immediately backed down, but then when Jackie Robinson got to a stop, the bus driver called the local military police, who arrested him on the spot and tried to charge him. Enter the commander of the Black Panthers, a white guy named Paul Bates. Bates ruled about as much as a white guy could within the U.S. Army at this time. Bates had been a career reserve officer with a day job as a high school football coach when the Army called him up to take command of the Black Panthers when World War II had started. He was with them all throughout training from the very beginning, and he worked side by side with his Black soldiers in the field, staying in the same accommodations as them, even though Army regulations stated all the white officers would have segregated quarters. He refused to do that. All of their training facilities, barracks, etc. would be unsegregated. You could either consider him incredibly progressive for his time or a very decent officer and human being who knew how to build cohesion within a unit. Take your pick. Now, after training was finished, the army offered him a promotion and a transfer to a white tank unit, which virtually everyone would have jumped at the chance. But Bates refused, turning down the promotion so he could stay in place. He didn't even have to think it over. According to him, why the fuck would he leave the best goddamn armor unit in the entire U.S. Army just for a promotion? So with a young Jackie Robinson facing a possible courts martial, and for people unaware, this would have had to be approved by his commander. In this case, that was Bates. And Bates refused to charge him. He said he broke no law. And when the MPs, the military police, added an extra charge of public drunkenness, Bates immediately knew it made no sense because he knew his soldiers, he knew his officers, and he knew Jackie Robinson didn't fucking drink. So 
The army, rather than admit defeat, the brass at Camp Hood took Robinson out of the Black Panthers, sent him to another unit, and forward charges to his new commander, who immediately approved the court-martial. The trial lasted 17 days, and Robinson was charged with violating the 63rd and 64th Articles of War of the U.S. Army, which the first specified, quote, Lieutenant Robinson behaved with disrespect towards Captain Gerald M. Baer, Corps Military Police, by contemptuously bowing to him and giving several sloppy salutes while repeating, okay, sir, okay, sir, uh, in an insolent, impertinent, and rude manner. The second charge stipulated, quote, Lieutenant Robinson, having received a lawful command by Captain Baer to re- Maine in the receiving room at the MP station disobeyed such order. Now, this time, he wasn't charged at all for disobeying the bus driver, uh, which is what this whole incident stemmed from in the first place. Though none of this fucking mattered anyway, he was acquitted, but he would never be sent back to the Black Panthers. And that's pretty much how his army career ended. Three years later, he was playing Major League Baseball. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things where you're just like, man, you guys waste so much fucking time being racist assholes. And like, it's just it's just so stupid. And the fact that in this case, uh, even I mean, a court martial, you have to assume that at the time, a court martial typically being composed of, you know, relative to the rank of the person accused, very senior officers that they would have incentive to be shitheads because they're all going to be white and they didn't convict him. Yep, that uh, it tells you for uh, for a a, a, bl- a young black officer to be acquitted at this point in a panel of all white officers meant that even to them these charges were bullshit. Yeah, obviously, which bullshit. is incredible. Which is uh, and and uh, Bates tried to get uh, Robinson back in the ranks because he was a good officer, and the army effectively told him to go fuck himself. <sighs> Tale as old as time. I mean, good good for Jackie Robinson, honestly. I mean, who knows oh, yeah. what would have happened to him? And because the, the rest of the story we're going to tell is, uh, you know, black, uh, the Black Panthers do some heavy, heavy fighting in Europe. So who knows? I mean, the 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 history of American baseball could be very different if Jackie Robinson got ventilated by a German eighty eight anti tank gun or something. Um, now, by nineteen forty four, the unit had been held back from deployment and been in training for.